Hello, Merry Christmas, and welcome to Is This a Brie? My name is Anne-Marie. And I'm Christine. And today we are going to talk about four of our favorite Christmas cheeses that will be wonderful for your holiday celebrations. Christmas is a great time to kind of indulge in anything. Yeah. And we kind of talked about this with the Thanksgiving episode, but it's just any excuse to kind of get around people that you love and share things that you love, we are all about. Absolutely. And I mean, sort of different thing about the Christmas cheeses versus our Thanksgiving cheeses episode is that none of these are especially seasonal. Like you can get them all year. It's not... Like, you should just enjoy these cheeses around Christmas, but I think these are crowd pleasers, um, but also really special, delicious cheeses that I think we just really love, which is why we chose them as our Christmas cheeses. They're so good. And that is really important. They are available all year round. So it's definitely if you have uh, an artisanal cheese shop around you or a Whole Foods with a really good counter or anything like that, they should have all of these cheeses. As with anything prepping for the holidays, we would err on the side of getting them a little earlier rather than later, as long as you can store them, uh, because they are popular. They are delicious. So just to make sure that you can get them, maybe go a day or two before you normally would to get them. Yeah. And maybe be extra nice to the people who sell them to you during this time of year, because we all know people are mean to people in retail yeah and your lovely cheesemongers are just trying to help you get good cheese so maybe you know give them an extra smile exactly in the spirit of the holidays <laughs> so our first cheese is called latour uh i love this cheese so much it's from the alba region of italy it's a triple milk cheese uh which is different from a triple creme or a triple cream cheese when you see something that says triple cream that has to do with the butterfat content of the cheese. Triple milk means that it's actually milk from three different animals. This one specifically is goat, sheep, and cow. And oh, it's so good. That combination of milk specifically gives it a very fluffy texture. Yes. That like the the combination of the milks, but also they handle the curds very gently and the process of cheese making the the more gentle and the less you really handle the curds the more moisture you're able to retain uh if you like handle them a lot or you press them together and you're trying to get all that moisture out if you're going for a harder cheese that's how that happens so it's very gentle handling of the curds there's a lot it's a very moist cheese a lot of people refer to it as like the cupcake cheese yeah because Ice it's cream yeah yeah it's so good and it's it's very it has a very uh delicate like wrinkled rind it's very thin it's very wonderful and it's well when we did this at my birthday party what two years ago three years ago oh yeah wow two years <laughs> put oh wow that's a long time ago and uh put stroopwafels in it and just in this i would recommend if if you can't do it at christmas when can you and i do this on the rig (laughs) so like you can do this any time of year but especially for christmas just because uh waffles are around i think a lot more during the holidays for people that don't normally have them in their lives if you're not familiar uh they're waffle cookie sandwich caramely wonderful things they're very dutch you find them in dutch markets on the streets they just slather this 
spiced caramel wonderfulness in between two very thin waffles. And you can get them hot and you can get them fresh. Or a lot of times if you get them in the store and if they're packaged, they are they come in little rounds and you can put them on top of your coffee. And the steam from the coffee melts the caramel. Oh. And it's just a wonderful experience all around. Wow. Yeah. I haven't done that and now I need to do that oh, immediately. Immediately. It's so good. And the it's a I would say it's kind of a sweet cheese. Yeah, there, I mean, it's it has sort of like, because it has sort of like the fluffiness and decadence that I associate with ice cream, I do sort of think of it as desserty, even though there's obviously no sweetness to right. it, but it is just so delicate and like ethereal that, yeah, it I, I usually do it in a desserty way. Yeah, and it's probably the same thing, like in wine a lot, we mistake fruitiness as sweetness just because we associate fruit with sweet. So if something's like very apple or very pear-y or something, you're like, oh, that's very sweet, but it actually has zero residual sugar. I feel like that's what I do with Latour. I'm just like, oh yeah, this is ice cream. This is sweet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's like no sugar actually. Not sweet at all. It's just uh, truly that decadent. Um, yeah. And it's very creamy. So you can cut up a Stroop waffle, take it whole, whichever, live your life and just like <laughs> whatever you need, <laughs> whatever you prefer and just like dip it in there and you're going to have a great time. Yeah. And the fun thing I think with Latour too is that when you're new to cheese and people first tell you about mixed milk cheeses, you're like, ooh, what craftsmanship, like how exciting to mix those flavors. And yes, absolutely. But also this style of cheesemaking is actually a lot more ancient. Like if you were mm -hmm. a rando in Alba in, you know, 800 AD and you had a sheep, you were probably not just going to make, you know, make cheese from the milk from your sheep. You're probably going to go over to your neighbor's house and be like, hey, neighbor, want to pool our milk? And they didn't have, you know, they maybe had a sheep, maybe they had a cow, maybe they had a goat, maybe they had all of them. Um, because back then it was much more sort of about sustenance. Um, and so now we have these cool traditions of like mixing milk types because that's sometimes what you had to do way back when to uh, not die mm -hmm. um, from starvation. But uh, I think Latour is a really fun example of that. And I think tends to be the uh, mixed milk cheese that I use the most often. Yeah, same. And you, I feel like you find that with a lot of older cheeses that have a lot more ancient traditions where you find that nowadays – Fast forward, they have become, well, with a lot of food in general, really, like you have peasant food that is now a delicacy, you know, lobster, all of those things. Yeah. And mixed milk cheeses is definitely an example of that. And Latour is probably my favorite example of that. <laughs> yeah, it's magical. There's, yeah, there's nope. really no beating it. Another cheese that we especially recommend for the holidays is called Hollerhocker. Um, which I'm pronouncing in the American way. If I were really Swiss, it would probably be much more like Hollerhocker, but I'm not Swiss, so I'm going to say it Hollerhocker. Um, <laughs> Hollerhocker means roughly uh, sitting in the cellar. So Hollerhocker is made by a guy named Walter Ross, who has been a Swiss cheesemaker for a long, long time. He made a cheese uh, called Appenzeller that's much more historic like Hollerhocker is just his cheese whereas Appenzeller you can find 
from a lot of cheesemakers. Um, and Walter has been working since what was called the Swiss Cheese Union was in charge of Switzerland, which was basically a cheese cartel yep. that said you can make these cheeses. You have to be able to make this much of them. You have to apply for a permit. And if you can't do this, you are not going to make cheese, at least not legally. So um, it's this whole story and uh, we can... Didn't well, you write an article on this? I did. Yeah, I'll, I'll link to it on our Facebook um, and Instagram so people can read more about it. Because yeah. Christine wrote a dope piece on like the Swiss cheese mafia and it's an incredible story and you have to go read it because it's not many people know about it unless you're like in the cheese world and it's such a good story it's like cheese true crime which is really fun like it like sounds totally made up because it's batshit but it really happened (laughs) um but walter after this all had dissolved. Basically, the World Trade Organization investigated the Swiss Cheese Union and was like, whoops, you're a cartel. We're shutting you down. And so there's sort of been this renaissance of Swiss cheese making in the past like 15 to 20 years. And um, so Walter sort of did a different take on an Appenzeller um, with Hollerhocker. There's a little more fat content. Um, he does sort of a different wash on it. Um, it is a cheese, like the most popular cheese. Um, if you're new to cheese, that Hollerhocker is like, is kind of Gruyere, but think sort of like softer in the paste, um, and much more sort of like hazelnutty and caramelly. Um, if you f- can find, well, actually, if you can find Hollerhocker, obviously get that. But also, if you can find Appenzeller and you haven't had it, that's a really good cheese that's worth trying. But I think the reason we all love Hollerhocker so much is it's like really hazelnutty. Um, it's like pretty desserty, but also kind of like brothy and like oniony. Um, so Hollerhocker is kind of a fun one because if you prefer savory, you can do some really fun like meat with Hollerhocker or like a charcuterie situation. You can do pickles. You can do like an onion jam, but it's also really good with like Nutella and mm. like just like chocolate bars and uh, even like actually it'd be really good with strip waffles, I think, as well. Oh, yeah. Um, it's just kind of like whatever you need it to be whenever you need it to be, which is really fantastic. It's also a cheese. I find that uh, and we've had a lot of people ask for pairing recommendations. In general, I think people try to pair cheese with red wine uh maybe much too freely um especially bigger red wines can sort of slap a cheese that's sort of softer and more ethereal like Latour you probably wouldn't want to pair that with a big red um because like the tannin and acidity of the wine would uh not do great things with Latour but Hollerhocker is a cheese that actually can stand up to a nice big red so if that's what you like to drink during Christmas definitely have some oh yeah with it. oh and as far as pairings go have champagne with latour for goodness yes. sake do it if you yes. have if you are a All person day. that enjoys a glass of bubbly at christmas time do have it with this cheese it's kind of the perfect pairing that demonstrates uh fatty wonderful cheeses that that layer just coats your tongue and then the bubbles from the champagne or from the sparkling wine just lifts that all off your tongue and creates a wonderful thing that just happens in your mouth and it's truly magical so do that yeah the perfect pairing but also just the perfect experience yeah yeah so our third cheese is called point reyes blue specifically um point reyes is an awesome 
Farmstead Cheese Company. Uh, what Farmstead means, if you ever see that on a cheese label, everything is the same. So a lot of creameries will get milks from different dairies and then use that to make the cheese. Farmstead means they do everything. The milk from their cows makes the cheese that they make. It's all the same. So if you see Farmstead, it's not just another word for artisanal or small batch or anything. That's specifically what that means. And within Point Reyes, Point Reyes is a beautiful area. If you've ever been, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's well, like an hour-ish outside San Francisco. And they have a couple different blues. They have their, I think, what they call their original blue and the bay blue. Bay blue is specifically what we're talking about. The original blue is uh, raw milk, peppery, and rindless. And compared to the bay blue that we're talking about, it's a little more aged. It has a natural rind. And it's way more mellow and sweet. Yeah. Well, and I mean, they're both fantastic, by the way. Like, And if you do prefer sort of a more robust uh, steak blue cheese, like, yeah. I mean, also just get both, by the way. But something about Bay Blue is so, like, desserty and fun. I don't know. Like, it's, yeah, it just feels kind of like a treat. It's feel. I feel like it's perfect for... I think they might even say this on the website. Like, it's perfect for, um, it's like, a cheese board for dessert. Because it is salty, but it's also, like, sweet. I love pairing chocolate turtles with it. Oh, yes. Because you get that, like, chocolate, pretzel, caramel craziness with this cheese is out of this world. It's so good. It's And, like, it's not that it's wimpy either. Like, it is properly savory but some like just something about it really is desserty in yeah just such a delightful way and it's really beautiful like the cheese like the mold tends to go more green and it kind of looks like the landscape of the dairy they say that the first ingredients are the native grass and the cool ocean air mm-hmm. and that's kind of what this cheese looks like right isn't that beautiful that's lovely yeah it just tastes like a special occasion yes this cheese tastes like Christmas to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Me too. I, which I think is like part of why it's it, like it feels perfect for Christmas. I think even if you weren't a blue cheese lover and you had this with chocolate turtles, you would automatically be enchanted with this. Oh, yeah. It's like it's holidays. And, you know, we say Christmas. It's really just like this holiday season. If you celebrate Hanukkah, if you don't celebrate anything, but you just enjoy decorations and trees and people having an excuse to be nice to each other. <laughs> That's kind of what all of these cheeses are really about. And for pairings for this one, I love this with port yes. uh, or any kind of, yeah, I love port. Maybe share. I feel like port more, but then Je- like Jefferson's Ocean could be a really Ooh. sick pairing with this if you want to go a liquor route, um, which I don't normally do. I'm normally not a like whiskey and cheese and stuff like that is a very popular class, especially around this time of year. Yeah. But I, my palate just, it's not for me. I'm not as nuanced, stronger drinks. So it takes a very specific thing for me to really enjoy it. And Jefferson's Ocean is one of those that pairs with this cheese really well. Oh, and that one time we had Alpha Tolman with Jefferson's Ocean. That was magical. <laughs> it was like life changing, oh, actually. Oh my God. It, yeah. oh, it was so good. Yeah. Well, I think too, like, especially for us where we enjoy sort of like the delicacy of cheese, like spirits can be super awesome with cheese, but also they can really steal the show very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think especially where we're coming at it 
more from the cheese side, like we're only going to recommend spirits pairings that like really knock it out of the park. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. We're just cheese purists. Not really, but. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, with pairings, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel, well, speaking of pairings, that just made me think of like anyone that gets, like my family sometimes gets shipped those like Harry and David big boxes of like 87 pairs (laughs) for Christmas, like as gifts from people that they don't really know. And they're like, yeah, I have some pairs. I feel obligated to give you something. So (laughs) they get pairs and like three of them are wrapped in gold. And I never, I still don't know why. I'm like, are those the good ones? Are those like the special ones? Is this just a trick to make me think that those are the good ones? That's worth investigating. I'm going to look into that because Maybe. maybe those are like the most ripe ones when they ship it. And they're like, hey, eat these now when you open it yeah i'll ask or they're the bad ones and they're like we want you to feel special even while you eat these terrible pears so we're gonna cover them in gold maybe it could be a white chocolate reese's situation where they try and (laughs) i'm I'm not gonna go down that road again um but i will call sir harry and duke david and ask them about their golden pears please do Ask them about the pears. Yeah. But I mean, regardless of whether your pear is wrapped in gold or not, I, I can totally see pears being great with Bay Blue. I haven't done that, but now I want yeah, to. Yeah. I feel like, like pears and blue cheese is always a go-to for me. And I feel like I normally actually don't with Bay Blue just because I love it so much on its own that I don't want anything to like distract from it, except for chocolate turtles. Then I'm like, yeah. <laughs> give, give me them. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, chocolate turtles, I will always... Uh, be open to being distracted. Yeah, I'll find an excuse to put those in my life. Yeah. And then our fourth cheese that we're talking about today is called Quadrello di Bufala. And (laughs) that is exactly how I also feel about it. It's like one of those cheeses that you just like need to make a noise about. Um, It's just so good. It's so good. It's so good. All of these, they're all so good. Yeah, but I mean, Quadrello... I mean, and all of them are special, but so Quadrello is special for many reasons. Um, it is one of the cheeses made by Quattro Portoni, um, who's in Northern Italy. It's a little family operation, actually. Um, I was there earlier this year in March and we went for a tour and it was Bruno, who's the owner and his wife and his daughter is giving us a tour. And like, that's who does it is this family. Um, Bruno started Quattro Portoni with his brother, actually, who has sadly passed away since then. But they came from a dairying family. They worked with cows. And then they were kind of like, you know, we keep seeing these cheese recipes for water buffalo milk cheeses. And we hear that uh, they might be like a little bit different to work with in a way that we're interested in. So we're just going to do this thing. And they did it. And they're making some Incredible. I mean, my favorite water buffalo cheeses absolutely come from Quattro Portoni. And they make a range. They, I mean, they even make like yogurt and they make a bunch of things. But most of what comes to the U.S. is like four to six of their cheeses. Quadrello being their sort of Telegio style cheese. So it's what we call a wash rind cheese, which means that the outside has been sort of lightly rinsed or like lightly brushed in a solution of brine and cultures um, as the cheese ripens. And it gets a little bit funkier. Washed rind cheeses can be anywhere from just like slightly tangy to really like smelling like a dirty diaper. Mm -hmm. Um, And a quadrello is much more, 
in the sort of like easygoing camp. Um, it gets really sort of like cream of mushroom soup, a little bit of like foot funk on the nose, but really just on the palate mm-hmm. because water buffalo milk is much, much richer than cow and sheep and goat's milk, actually. Um, Quadrillo usually just reminds me of sort of like a cream of mushroom soup that's extra special. I, with Quadrillo, really like anything tomatoey. Um, you, I guess, I like you could put honey on Quadrillo and it'd be good, I think, but mm-hmm. it's really where you want to do more savory pairings. Um, or that's where I've most enjoyed savory pairings. So any sort of like roasted tomato, like condiment thing, um, any sort of like cracker that has herbs and spices in it would be really great with quadrello. I would probably, I mean, I've there, you can do some fun wine pairings with quadrello. I usually will do like a lighter red, but I think of quadrello as sort of more of a beer pairing cheese, actually. I think mm-hmm. the effervescence of like, sort of like a lager situation with quadrello is just very, very yeah special and now i'm wondering too of how like you said like a lighter red i wonder how a lambrusco situation would work with this i don't think i've ever had it very well i think yeah i haven't either yeah but i feel like that would be fantastic i mean because quadrello really like part of why cheese people are so obsessed with it is that texture like Mm. it's really impossible to replicate outside of like doing a telegio style water buffalo cheese somewhere else yeah. like it's it's so much its own thing so i think sort of like the effervescence of lambrusco with like the grapiness yeah i think that'd be really cool because it's already it's like fun. as a telegio style cheese it's already pretty fudgy in texture but mm-hmm. then just with that the fact that it's made of water buffalo's milk it has such a higher fat content than any other milk and so it's just that Fat to protein ratio just makes such a decadent texture. Decadent? Sure. Um, <laughs> yes. Now it is. Why not? Yeah. And that's kind of truly the theme of our Christmas pairings is just like decadent ass cheeses. Yes. We do what we want, basically. Yeah. 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 And I mean, if you can't find Quadrello, see what water buffalo cheeses are by you. Um, I'm seeing more and more camembert du bufala, um, oh. or there's, uh, I'm seeing like other ones that are not by Quattro Portoni. Again, Quattro Portoni, I think, well, I don't think I know are my favorites, but any water buffalo cheeses you can get your hands on, especially something uh, a little bit beyond mozzarella du bufala, which is water buffalo mozzarella. Um, is really fun to sort of explore. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I mean, well, another fun thing is that water buffalo don't make as much milk as cows do. So it's going to always be more limited than like Telegio or, you know, a lot of the other cheeses that we love. So if you can't find it, don't worry. But just just keep an eye out, though, because it's it's really special. And fun fact, if you do find mozzarella di bufala in the U.S., it's going to be probably very different than an Italian mozzarella di bufala just because the regulations in the U.S. allow it to not be 100% water buffalo milk. So it can still be called mozzarella di bufala, even if it's only, I forget what number the exact percentage is, but it can be a certain percentage of water buffalo's milk and the rest can be cow's milk. So it's still going to be more rich than your average mozzarella, but it's still not going to be that full. It's not going to be the exact same texture. It's not going to have that full fat content. Um, So it's going to be a little different depending on where you get it as well. 
Yeah, which, you know, if that's the only thing you can get, get it and enjoy it. See what you see what you like. Yeah. As is always the rule. Right. So that is all of the teas that we have for you today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Happy holidays. Tag us and everything at Is This a Brie. Send us an email. Let us know if you need help preparing for Christmas. We are always here. Yeah, we, I mean, really what we are most excited about as far as cheese for the holidays is sharing things that we love with people that we love. So even if you are serving a totally different cheese board and you're excited about it, please let us know and we would love to get excited about it with you. And yeah, we love answering questions. Like that's maybe our favorite thing. So we do have an email. Is this a great gmail.com? If you need to get into some more intense cheese planning with us, we would always, always love that. Yeah. And until then, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.